Good evening. Welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Mondon, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. Hello. Another co-host with a beautiful beard across the board, Addison Elko. We're back. We are back. What, what episode is this? I actually don't know. 46, after a nine-month hiatus. Wow. We had a baby in those nine months. <laughs> 46 is awesome. 46 is so many more episodes than I thought we were ever going to do. That's we're very true. close to 50. We're very no, close. No, but if you go back to like earlier, we're like, dude, we're going to reach 100. We were like plotting out like episode 100. Oh, because it was so easy when we all lived together. We were just on the same day. We were just yeah. at arm's reach. Yep. But now, yeah, now times have changed. Now that we're all quarantined, trying to stay alive, do the best we can. No excuses for, because, I mean, we're kind of lazy when we come to planning, but usually like someone may have a legitimate plan. Now there's no excuse. No one's got anything going on right now, so figured better time than never to get this going again no agree 100 percent agree yeah it's gonna take us all maybe three days to shave but besides <laughs> those three days yeah i may maybe get rid of the beard on sunday but that'll be another conversation the mustache the mustache is like it's so thick it's so thick <laughs> it's so girthy but yeah it's been two full months i think that's a it's a good period but um what, what brings us all together is uh dynasty fantasy football would you would you all say that that's accurate I would. It's the only thing getting me through right now. Uh, I think about it every day. Without the draft, I don't think I would have survived. So I'm very, no. very excited that we actually had some legitimate sporting material to cover. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start with the actual NFL draft, give our input, discussion, think how it will affect our rookie draft. Um, we'll do a first-round mock, and we will also go over some of the trades and league bet activity because there has been – a pretty solid amount over the last nine months uh, specifically as always with me um just so many trades so many trades yes so that being said let's start with round one of the nfl draft um there were one two three four five six seven eight nine ten skill position player that uh ten skill positions taken in the first round of the nfl draft that includes quarterbacks obviously which impact our league a little bit less but i think it does make it interesting to go over their landing spot um, so just I'll rattle those 10 off quick and then you'll give me your input, see what you want to do. Um, so first one overall, Joe Burrow to the Bengals, five overall, Tua to the Dolphins, six overall, Justin Herbert to the Chargers, Henry Ruggs at 13 overall to the Raiders, Jerry Judy, 15 to the Broncos, CeeDee Lamb, 17 to the Boys, 21, Mr. Ragor, Mr. Drop Ragor to the Eagles, 22, Justin Jefferson to the Vikings, probably going to chat at 108. 25, Brandon Ayuk to the 49ers. And last but not least, uh, CEH at 32 to the Chiefs. So obviously there's a lot of skill positions player uh, taken there. Um, I mean, and obviously initially we knew this was going to be a, a ridiculously deep draft. There were talk of eight or nine wide receivers going in the first round. Obviously that was never going to happen, but there were lingering rumors of that possibly happening. So let, let me hear your take on, on the first round. Any, anything stand out to you? Anything you really like? Anything you really dislike? Chad, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, so the first thing that stuck out to me was that Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken. That was a surprise that I don't think a lot of us were expecting. I expected it to be, I think the consensus top two were always C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. Um, I was surprised that Henry Ruggs was the guy that, that won first. Um, but I get it. I mean, Gruden loves him. He's the fastest receiver in this class. Um, he has great tape, even though he's playing arguably as the wide receiver three on Alabama. Um, but, you know, Jay, I think Jay Gruden has a lot 
plan for him. Um, I, I think he's going to take the lid off the defense. He's going to open up a lot of underneath. That said, I think a lot of his um, compadres are going to be some good players this year, especially like Darren Waller. Um, I think maybe even um, Tyrell Williams could be a sneaky flex play this year. Um, and then you have Brian Edwards, too, who they drafted in, I think, the third round. So, I mean, that whole offense is going to be really interesting, interesting to watch, um, especially with Josh Jacobs, too, who took a huge step in his first year as a rookie. So, um, yeah, I think that was the most surprising to me. Is there anything you didn't like about the first round? Um, C.D. Lamb going to the Cowboys kind of hurt my Michael Gallup shares. But besides that, I mean, I think the, the Eagles kind of missed an opportunity to maybe trade up and get one of those top guys. I'm not as big on Rager. Um, and Brandon Ayuk, uh, 25 to the Niners, was a sneaky pick. I didn't expect him to, to be taken in the first round. So we'll see how that one works out for them. Absolutely. Ad, I'll direct it to you. My first question to you, Ad, is do you think the boys' pick was planned, or do you think it was just a fuck you to the Eagles because he was there? I mean, I don't think they planned on him being there. I mean, you heard everything coming out that he was, like, their fifth-ranked player overall on their board, and there's all the talk that, like, you know, uh, they passed on Randy Moss how many years ago, and they regret it ever since. And they fit the BPA, and me and Josh were saying, like, it is a need. I, we didn't know if it was a, a 17 overall need, but that's when I thought guys like Jefferson and Rager were going to be the guys there, not Lamb. And Lamb's always been my wide receiver one, still my wide receiver one. And I'm ecstatic. I mean, it hurts Gallup. Um, kind of echoing what other people have said, mostly like when I've listened to like nerds and everything like this. Like, I think the initial, uh, you know, on this pick was, you know, Cooper's there, you know, that limits his upside, but. The way the contracts worked out, they don't owe him any money after 2021. He'll be, you know, obviously a couple years older. If Lamb does produce, and obviously if Cooper produces, they're going to keep paying him. So, which is a good problem to have. You're either going to pay your rookie player who's doing really well, or you're going to pay the veteran who's doing really well. But I think there's a chance that it could be C.D. Lamb's team in a few years. Sometimes you got to wait a few years on wide receivers for them to fully blossom into, you know, a top, you know, two-round dynasty player. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a path there for that. So I, he probably moved down a little bit. Um, he was probably going to be going 103 pre-draft, if I had to guess. Now it's more in the 106 area, 105. But I'm happy with the pick. Absolutely. Any, any other comments on the first round? Anything you didn't like? Anything you, you do really like? Um, I mean, I don't like Ruggs. So I don't like that he was the first receiver taken. But it led to, to Lamb going to the Cowboys. So I like that. We do, we do have to say Greg knew. Hey, giving him the shout-out, but he did know. Greg knew. He didn't take the bet because the odds weren't as good in our book. But, I mean, if you think it was going to happen, just take it, man. Um, and I was surprised. I mean, I, I like him. But I think also people were shocked that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the first running back taken in the draft. I mean, True. Yep. he was pretty much consensus RB5 pre-draft. Um, everyone knows the Chiefs was the – and we'll go into this in the mock. But this was the golden landing spot for any running back. And I don't really think people even consider Clyde Edwards-Alaire to even be yeah. in this possibility. Um, but I guess, I mean, it, it went back and forth because people didn't think they were going to spend an early pick on a running back, and then the guys like Swift and Dobbins would be gone and Taylor. So maybe Clyde was the guy to land there. But to be the first running back taken in the first round was definitely a big statement. And as much as I liked him back, you know, I can remember telling Greg back in December, like, 
when he was a mid-second that I think he was going to be a first-round rookie pick. Now he's at the consensus 101. I mean, that was, that was definitely a surprise, um, especially for the first round. I mean, it, for the whole draft, I think the, the running backs took a bigger shift than the wide receivers did, but definitely for a first-round surprise was the Chiefs. But I don't know if there's anything I really didn't, didn't like, per se. I mean, I yeah. like Rager, so I don't like the Eagles getting them. But well, back to your CEH point, um, Mahomes handpicked him, which yeah. really stood out to me because it means obviously he's going to play. And everyone knows that Andy Reid running backs prosper. So I think he's a no-brainer RB1. Yeah. I, I, I could agree with you there. I, I see the haters. I get their points, but I, I agree there. I think he, he definitely has RB1 upside. Um, I was surprised that the Eagles went Rhaegar over Jefferson. It makes more sense with what they did with the rest of the draft. They just went entirely speed, which I get, and just a lot of receivers. So I get it. I wouldn't have done it. I like Jefferson over Rhaegar. I don't dislike Rhaegar, though. Love the Ayuk pick. I think it fits their scheme in the 49ers uh, offense perfectly. Really like him. I'll probably be taking him 11 to 13, or maybe I'm blowing smoke. No one knows, but me. Charlie just actually headbutted the door and kicked it open. Um, so, just lost a train of thought. Okay, and then, yeah, that- so I guess for I mean, we're going to do just a round one mock, but I mean we've seen quarterbacks go round two in our rookie drafts. Lamar Jackson went there. I think Colin Murray went there last year, both deservingly so. Definitely uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, do you see any of these quarterbacks, none of these quarterbacks going round two, or who do you think the first – is it Joe Burrow because of two is health issues? Because I think if you knew Tua had a clean bill of health, would you take him over Joe Burrow in, yes. in fantasy? I, th- I think I would. Um in regards to the quarterback, though, I, I think Itzler will be taking Burrow with one of his, like, seven seconds. It just makes so much sense. He just got rid of uh, Wentz to me in one of the deals. He only has Daddy, who, I mean, I love Daddy more than almost anybody else out there. But he's he, he wants a backup quarterback. Itzler wants to get a little bit younger. So I think he will be taking one of them, likely Burrow. But, I mean, if camp reports come out that Herbert is absolutely lighting it up with that offense – you never know. It could be one of them. Herbert's they got, got a lot of weapons there. Too. I mean, they do. I Herbert's think Herbert's walking great... into the. I mean, he'll probably be behind Tyrod. You would. I mean, I don't know. Yep. Um, I there mean, was Joe another. Burrow's... There was another rookie that sat behind Tyrod. Though, ended up taking over midseason. Who? Big City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but do you think? Um, do you think two or three will be taken in the second round? Do you think Herbert's going to sneak in there? Because I think guaranteed Burrow and Tua will. I, th- I think two. I don't think three. I agree. Yeah, I would agree, too. Quarterback's not as big of a need, but, I mean. But it's not I, impossible Herbert goes, like, late second if he's getting, like, rave reviews out of camp. No, I, I honestly, at twenty when I had 27, like, that was a legit – that wasn't smoke. I would yeah. legitimately probably would have took him there at 27. I think it's a great landing spot with all the weapons. Like, I would have pulled him. My roster sucks. Why would I have not hold him there? Yeah. And do you think uh, there's any – I mean, we've seen Baker go Mr. Relevant at 101. Does Jordan love or getting knowing that you're gonna have to keep him probably a year or two to get? I mean, by then I guess the weapons might not even be the same. But he is a first round quarterback. But I, I, he's probably going undrafted, right? I mean, if I had a fifth, I would I would consider it. I think that's a trainer Rogers type pick. To be honest with you, like I could see yeah, either of them taking you it. You think he's gonna be the next Mahomes? Exactly. I, I think Wait. one. I think someone might take a take a shot. But you're right. He's, he's going to rot in your bet, your bench for at least a season. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, that's and that's hard with us. Yeah. All right. So I think that's a good enough thoughts for the first round. Obviously, a lot of players, but I mean, the second round, a lot of fantasy implications there. Um, I'm going to rattle off everyone very quickly, uh, but we'll go into detail which ones you like. So 33, T. Higgins to the Bengals. 34, Michael Pittman, which is a surprise to me, to the Colts. DeAndre Swift, 35. So fantastic start to the second round for fantasy. Uh, awesome. The Lions. Jonathan Taylor, 41 to the Colts. Uh, Visca Chenault. 42 to the Jags. Cole Komet adding to their 300 tight ends to the Bears. Uh, KJ Hamler just collecting wide receivers on the Broncos. Chase Claypool to the Steelers. Cam Akers to the Rams. Jalen Hurts probably the surprise pick of the entire draft to the Eagles at 53. 55, J.K. Dobbins to Baltimore. Van Jefferson to the Rams. Denzel Mims, the worst, 59 overall to the Jets. And A.J. Sauce to the Harper <laughs> to the Packers at 62. So a lot of fantasy implications. So many. Um, Ad, you want to you want to lead us off here? Any any thoughts, positives, negatives, things? You want um, to- yeah. So I think this is this is obviously where the bulk of the uh, non Clyde Edwards-Helaire running backs went that were at the top of the rankings. Um, the biggest mover, I guess, the biggest negative is it's got to be DeAndre Swift. He was the consensus one hundred and one for seemed like years. I mean, he was like a dead, like people, even like back in the 18 draft, when people were talking about this 2020 draft, it was because of guys like Swift. And I mean, he's still in my top four, but he goes to, you know, a team they already spent a pretty good high draft capital on carry on Johnson, who's I think pretty good. I mean, he gets injured enough, but you know, that was a little bit of a bummer of a landing spot, but then you guys, the other two, Jonathan Taylor and Dobbins went to, I think, perfect landing spots. Um, Colts have one of the better offensive lines and I think Lamar Jackson and Dobbins are going to work perfectly with another. They just, you just got to wait out a year with Ingram. But I mean, I had Kamara with Ingram a year or two younger and it was fine. So I think they both can coexist and be fantasy relevant. It wasn't not saying Dobbins could be Kamara, but like they can share the workload and be fantasy relevant. Um, as far as wide receivers, like I really like T. Higgins. I think that landing spot with Barrow is is pretty enticing. Um, I feel like he's going to be a guy that was projected middle of the first, and as these running backs rise during the process, it pushes some of these really good wide receivers down. And he's probably going to be a late first, and I think he's could be just as good as anyone we talked about in the first round, outside of probably like Lamb. And I hate uh, Hamler. I've always hated Hamler and I, he just goes to a spot where I guess they need a slot receiver, but I just see a, a, you know, a lot of different mouths to feed there, more talented mouths to feed there. And I just think he's bad and will never be fantasy relevant at, like at all. Wow. No, I, I think he's just a role player there. He's just a lid lifter role player there. Yeah. I mean, he'll be a good Cole Beasley type guy, but he's not someone you ever want. He'll be a worse Cole Beasley and Cole Beasley was barely, fantasy relevant so by week flex perfect yeah exactly yeah i was surprised that denver went wide receiver wide receiver first and second round but yeah i mean my take on the whole thing is um i mean michael Pittman's pretty surprising i don't think a lot of people had him going that early no um and t higgins is a guy where i mean i i think he's still projected to go in early second round for us but he was the first pick of the second round no, he was he was like 106 territory pre like comp like in the early rankings like when the college season was going and we lost Eric 
and like you know the draft like the combine process like Higgins was a guy way above like Rager and Jefferson and probably Ruggs too and he's just kind of getting pushed down because because his first round's really good it's not like his fault but someone like Eric or or Ridge are sitting there with you know a bottom half first and are going to get a guy who's really good I agree I think you're gonna be really happy with him um and then I'm going to go on the opposite side of uh, opinions here. I'm going to say LaVisca Chenault is actually going to be decent. Yeah, I think join he, me. Oh, you, you think that too? Yeah, well, I made the, I, I I made the Omakase bet with Eric. Yep. I didn't know that. Arguably the most expensive. You don't know the bet? No, I thought just everyone hated him. No, no. So I've, I've liked him a lot. I've been moving him down a little bit, but early in the process I was obsessed. And – I hate Brian Edwards, which I guess we'll get into, but Eric <laughs> likes Brian Edwards and hates Chenault. So we made a bet of them for the first year, most fantasy points, and the loser has to buy an Omakase dinner for the other. It's arguably, oh, wow. it's arguably the, <laughs> like the most expensive one-year bet in the league history. It's going to be like a $130 bet. Damn. They're both going to get injured with zero points. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have one catch. But sorry, you can keep going. But yeah, I like Chanel. Yeah, no, those, I mean, those are really my thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of good landing spots here. I mean, like you said, Dobbins, I wish he would have went to the Steelers, but the Pittsburgh taking Chase Claypool was confusing to me. I thought we had bigger needs. Um, I would have rather gone running back, but Steelers second round receivers usually pan out. So, um, I mean, his, his stock went up for me at least. Mm-hmm. And he's that, absolutely someone that I'm targeting with 21 or 24. I don't, I don't hate it at all. Um, yeah, sec, I mean, second round was fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I could, I could say this openly because I will never get either of them, but Akers and Dobbins are probably my two favorite players in the class to start. Um, so I love, love both. I love the Ravens landing spot for Dobbins. Don't really love the Rams landing spot for Akers, but I think he will do better than people think there, to be honest with you. I think the most surprising pick to me um, was probably Van Jefferson to the Rams sneaking into the second round, to be completely honest. I like him. Uh, everything that I read about him, I, I, I mean, I also love marginal Florida wide receivers um, with Antonio Callaway, Demarcus Hood. Um, I even love Tyree Cle- Cleveland in this draft. He ended up going undrafted, but he, he was in there. Um, but everything I read, it, it, they like the Terry McLaurin comp, like as of last year. So it might be a guy sneaky late second round that gets taken. Um, Denzel Mims, not the biggest fan of, but great situation on the Jets. A wide open depth chart to really take over there. Um, so, I mean, it's a great, great opportunity for Mims, your boy. Why don't you like Mims? Is it the same reason that Greg doesn't like him? I, I, I just think it's, it's one of those same things with the Baylor system. I think he's just a speed guy that doesn't run any routes. I don't think he's going to translate to the NFL. I really, I really don't. I could be wrong. Like, obviously, the tools are there. I just don't think it's going to translate. We've seen these guys fail time and time again. I think he's one of the failures. He was one of the guys during this. I mean, I've been wrong. I'll be wrong about plenty of these guys, too. But, like, I was – he was, like, always, like, a bottom second guy and started rising during, like, the senior bowl. He was, like, unguardable. And then, like, the combine was athletic freak. And then he just kept, like, rising. And I remember my initial – like, I was just, like, I got a list of guys and I started watching the Nerds film. And I remember even messaging you being, like, what, what am I missing? Because I loved Nims. Like, yeah. I loved – like, I was obsessed with him and had him, like, basically as my wide receiver four for a while, which is – a lot higher than most people, and obviously that the NFL thought too. But we'll see. I'll probably, I mean, unless Tiz really likes him, which is fine. If he takes him at 14, so be it. But I'll probably end up with him at 15. 
So I'll put my money where my mouth is. With, great, with great landing, great landing spot. Like I said, I, I can't knock that at all. Like take a shot at him at that point. Like even yeah. late first, great, great spot for him to go. And then, um, I mean, I mean talk, uh, about, talk about AJ Dillon. AJ, AJ Dillon to the Packers. <laughs> I mean, a fantastic landing spot. Um, obviously, they don't think they're going to resign either um, uh, Aaron or um, Jamal Williams. So I think it's a great landing spot to everyone to be, similar to James Conner last year or two, year, two years ago now. It's going to sit, and then hopefully he's got an opportunity at a starting role where they want to change the offense a little bit. So I love the AJ Dillon landing spot. I mean, it may Why not do you think be- he's falling compared? Because he's got more pedigree than. A lot of other running backs that went above him, and I mean, good landing spot. I, I think it's just the lack of catching production. I think the fact that he's going to sit there for a year, um, and I mean that you don't know how much longer Rogers going to play. He does like to air out the ball. Like they do like to be a passing offense. So I think it's just all those question marks. I mean, he's also not the fastest guy, but for his build, he's an athletic freak. He's got a huge vertical leap, so obviously strong legs there. He's going to move a pile. I think at this point, where I'm sitting late first or early second. I think he's a great opportunity there because how often did those guys bust? An extreme amount of the time. Why not take the upside in the great landing spot with the athletic freak that could be, quote, I'm not saying he's going to be, could be a Derrick Henry. You don't know that. It's worth the upside there. All right. Took Derrick Henry like three years to get going, so why not Dylan? Exactly. And like I said, I, I, I do like bigger backs. I love James Conner. I like Dylan, so – um round three um we're just not going to hit on everyone just talk about a couple of guys um I will, I'll, I'll lead off a little bit I think the the biggest name specifically for fantasy relevance I may not agree with the talent but probably Keyshawn Vaughn to the Bucks everyone was going to ta- uh, target the Bucks running back um I was listening to one of the the UTH podcasts I think Chad Parsons said it best like if it would have been Michael Warren to the Bucks, Michael Warren might be in the nine ten range. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah, any yeah. back that was going to the Bucks is probably going to see a huge uptick in value. Like I like Vaughn. I mean, I I loved Vaughn's tape, but do I think Vaughn should be going nine or ten overall? No. Um, you think he, that's going to happen in our draft? I, I know think, it, I know it's happening in some drafts, but I think it's a strong a strong possibility. I mean, and realistically though, I don't like Vaughn as much, so I probably wouldn't be taking him. 12, 13, but that's where he probably would have. So if he falls past Ridge, he could fall. He could, he could, he could fall to you. He could fall to Josh. If I don't take him there at 16, 17, I, I, I might take him 16, 17. If he's there, you're, definitely not, you're not taking him 11, 12 or 13. Probably not. Unless great reports come out. Um, I just, I don't think it's worth a guy who's going to hundred percent split carries with fag. You know what I mean? Like he, he's not a, a bell cow RB. He's a number. He's, he's going to be a one B and I don't want to take a one B at that spot. I'd rather take a one B late second. You yeah. don't think you can take over uh, Ronald Jones's job relatively quick? No, I don't think that's their move. I think they're just going to have two running backs. And I don't think he has the athletic upside to be absolutely dominant. I think he can be good. I don't think he'll be a bad player. I just, I'd rather take other upside where I am at that point. Like I said, I don't dislike Keyshawn Vaughn. I just think he's going too high. So he's Peyton Barber. Don't talk smack about Peyton Barber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There there are a couple other names in there um, that I really like. Obviously, Brian Edwards is one of my favorite players in this draft. I love him. Uh, I think his upside is outrageous. Will he pan out? I don't know. But the upside, I think, is worth it there. He's an athletic freak, runs pretty decent routes, catches the ball well, and he's making your circus-type catches. So I think at the late second, early second, late first is 100% worth the upside in that situation where they're obviously trying to rebuild the passing game. 
Was it against uh, Tennessee he had that catch, Eric? The ridiculous one where he's yeah. like vertical. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Un- OBJ. Unbelievable. Like- unbelievable. So I love the upside there. The other other guy that I really liked, and then I'll I'll pass it on, to be honest with you, I love the landing spot is Devin Duvernay. I know that the profile is not that great, but for what they're trying to do in Baltimore, which is the running game, the RPOs, he's a perfect little slot guy that's quick enough to get open early and can make plays after the catch. So I actually really, really liked that landing spot. I liked that he was there. I was wondering where he was going to go in the draft. And I, th- I think he's 100% worth a late second in our draft. Um, anybody else want to have comments or anything that you do or did not like in the third round? Um, I guess I, I mean – I like the Antonio Gibson landing spot, even though that, that backfield is pretty crowded with someone like Geis, but he's just a guy who's really, really fun to watch. Um, just an explosive running back who just, once you get the ball in his hands, can go take it to the house at any time. So I'd be curious how, you know, how he emerges through that depth chart, but I think they'll find ways to get him involved, manufacture some touches for him before maybe he could take over as – you know, the guy who gets the predominant amount of touches. But if, if guys stays healthy and pans out, it, you know, it'll really cap his upside. What I'm not getting a lot of this is the Zach Moss love because am I the only one that still thinks Devin Singletary is like a pretty good running back? I, I agree. I, I feel like he's getting a lot of hype for a guy who's backing up a, a running back who I loved. He was always like, a, like one of my favorite stash guys um, yeah. in last year's draft. He went first round in our draft. I think he proved himself this year in a, in a kind of a fun Bills offense. So I, I don't know. I feel like he's getting more hype than I, I think makes sense, but I can't say I know a ton of Zach Moss. I just, the reasons for it, people I feel like is because they think he's just going to take over Singletary, which I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people think that they're going to be running back by committee there. I think people think that Singletary is the passing back. And I think people think that Zach Moss is going to be like the goal line back. I, I, I like that. I agree. Zach Moss can catch the ball, though. Super explosive, but I know he had some fumbling stuff, too. Um, I, I like Zach Moss a lot, but I agree. I don't think he's going to run away with the job. I think it's going to be a split. So, Yeah, I think a, I think a sneaky random uh, pick in this round, too, is um, Adam Troutman. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Adam Troutman. The Saints tight end is Jared Cook, who's 33. So who knows? Maybe Jared, uh, Adam Troutman could be a guy third round, maybe, in our draft tight end upside I don't know I can see it yeah Lynn Bowden too I hear they're going to be using him in, in different ways in Oakland well that, I was going to bring that up because Chad kind of touched on it when we were talking about rugs but I mean Greg we didn't really talk about the articles that we wrote um, before Greg wrote an article about some of the rookie surprises Rugg, he's probably the biggest rugs fan in, in our league and I just don't know if it's like a vote of confidence where obviously they traded for Aguilar prior to taking rugs in the first but they took him high obviously spent the high draft capital but then go out and still go back to back round two wide receivers they still have tyrell williams i i don't know i i just i don't want to go bring it back to rugs but i just don't think it's like a clear like he's the guy or else i don't know if they would have taken two back-to-back receivers and i know you could say the same thing about judy and and hamler but they're kind of different players but i don't know I think they're just going with, like, I, I mean, I've heard this a bunch of times. I'm not going to say this is my take, but I agree with it. I think they're just trying to get as many fast weapons that they can get. They want to be a high-powered offense. I don't think they care who their focal point is. Yeah. I think they're just trying to be a matchup nightmare across the board. So I think I think it, it makes sense. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, a lot of teams are trying to just follow the mold of, like, Kansas City. and Exactly. Baltimore. Exactly. Yeah. 
And I, th I think it's a good pick for that. I, I will ask before we move on to the next round, do you think any of the two Pats tight ends are the new quote-unquote Gronk, or do you think they will just pan out? Like, uh, Haven't we proven that every time Gronk gets hurt and they plug in, even with Brady there, and they plug in the back, even like a guy that's been in a system, they don't do anything. Like they don't ever produce. I've had Nick throw zeros against me multiple times and Greg pick up tight ends from the pet. Like they don't do anything. I think it's just Gronk's really fucking good. Exactly. So I'm like kind of over, like it's still like this mystery, like, oh, Pat's tight end. Like why? Brady's not there. And they've proven even with Brady besides Gronk, they don't have good tight end production. So no. Agree. I mean, I, I am partial to Dalton Keene just because I watched a lot of the, the Vitek games. The Vitek. Um, I don't think he's going to be the next Gronk. I think he's just like an okay player and will probably fizzle out. Um, Do you guys think Harry's going to take a big step this year? I'm torn, to be honest. Yeah, I, mean, I, am, I am really torn. I, I, it depends on how their QB play is going to be. If they have somewhat yeah. functional, maybe. But yeah. if they're just like an absolute horror show, probably not. Yeah, but even regardless, I mean, there's their weapons suck. So, I mean, if he can't get the bulk share of receiving yards this year, then Buff City. I'll probably send Ridge a trade um, by the end of this episode. We'll see if he says yes or no. I mean, it's a good time to buy a low if you want to actually get him. Yeah, I'll probably offer him 17 for, for um, Harry and see what he says. I doubt he does that. He not, though. He'll probably ask for 101, 102, and 103 for Harry. Yeah. Um, Fair counter. She <laughs> So I guess for the, the last couple of rounds, we won't go specifically dive into them, but any names of note that you do want to bring up or names that you hate between all the day three guys um, with round four, five, six, and seven? Uh, Chad, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Any, anybody stand out? Anybody you love? Anybody you hate? Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh just personally, because I am a Pittsburgh fan, they took Anthony McFarlane, who – his tape doesn't jump off the screen for me, but he is so fast. So I'm interested to see how they use him with Connor, Samuels. It's kind of a crowded backfield. So I'm just curious what they're going to do with all these guys. Uh, let's go into the seventh round. Let's see. <laughs> going deep. Oh, Ty Tyree Cleland didn't even go undrafted. He went to the Broncos round seven. I was wrong. I thought he went undrafted. How about Eno Benjamin, who was one time a first rounder in our draft? going in the seventh round to the Cardinals. <laughs> I, There's always a couple of guys the fantasy community is higher than the NFL, and they just fall like a rock. It's because he was a big Debbie guy. That's why. Everyone just yeah. loved that name from Debbie, which, I mean, makes but, sense. It just, that was like what's-his-face last year, who was uh, the Georgia running back. Oh, um, um, uh, Holyfield, Evander. Holyfield. Yeah, same uh, thing. Elijah Holyfield. Yeah, yeah Holyfield. Um, Even Juju was like that. I mean, Juju was a top-five pick at one time. He fell to, what, 28? Yeah. yeah, at least he still got drafted kind of high. It's just, but, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Add any, anybody for you? So two guys I like, and then one thing that surprised me. I like the Michael P. Ryan to the Jets a lot. He was a guy I liked, like kind of, you know, not first or maybe even late early second uh, rookie pick. But I just thought he sometimes in film put it all together and looked like a pretty impressive running back. And round four is not ideal for the pedigree standards, but – Jets, I mean, they'll probably address running back when Bell is gone. But if Piran shows he can be a serviceable backup, I mean, that's a that's a good landing spot for him. Um, I also, I mean, everyone in fantasy seems to like this guy, but Antonio Gandy-Golden, another really fun guy to watch. Eric shaking his head no, but I, I like the landing spot in Washington. 
Um, I know they got Terry, but besides that, and if Terry pans out for year two, we'll see. But I think he's worth, you know, a dart throw in the late second, early third round for sure. That could, you know, provide pretty good return on investment. And the guy I was surprised, just like, you know, Benjamin was uh, Donald Peoples-Jones. He was getting, like, early second round one NFL hype, which would have boosted his rookie draft stock, obviously. And he goes all the way down to the sixth round to your Cleveland Browns, Eric. So, I mean, you can, you can respond to the DVP and Danny Golden if you want, but those are kind of the three names that stood out for me. I, I, I love the value of D, DPJ where he went in the sixth round, uh, everything that I've, I've heard about him, because I, I, I loved him for a while. I get the, the top recruit, the athletic profile. It's just he just does not do anything, like, work-wise. So he, like, broke the combine, though. Like, he had to work for that. Well, I, th- I think he's just naturally a ridiculous athlete. But when yeah. I'm talking about, like, playbook and stuff, it's just not a rally. He's just, he's just a, another one of those physical freaks. I, I, I love the upside shot. I'm probably not going to draft him at any point. Um, guys, I love – obviously, I, I love athletic freak. I love Alberto. I think that that's a really good landing spot for the Broncos. I think they're trying to do the same thing, match up nightmares. So, with Fant and Alberto, just have the, the two tight ends to come in and do pretty much the same thing. You're not taking any plays off there. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you know when a blocking tight end's coming in, like, yeah, yeah. run the ball. You don't know with either of them coming in. I think that's kind of cool. Um, love the Joshua Kelly landing spot. I don't like Joshua Kelly at all, but I think it's a great landing spot on the Chargers to get some, some playing time. Um, DJ Dallas is another hot dynasty name. Mm-hmm. I don't think he mm-hmm. pans out to do anything, but a lot of people like him. One guy I don't the know. nerds had him like mid second. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's another upside shot for Seattle. They relatively do well drafting running backs. I mean, I don't think it's going to pan out, but it, it very well could. Um, and the la- last guy I really wanted to bring up was um, Tyler Johnson to the Bucks. I like Tyler Johnson a lot. Um, I think it's a really good landing spot for him to be in. I think, obviously, they're going to go complete. I mean, not air raid because Brady's losing the strength in the arm, but they're going to pass the ball a lot. And I think – with Brady's weakened arm in this this time of his career, I think that's going to be a great spot with Godwin and him in the slot, just kind of creating those mismatches. So I, th- I think it's a great great pick in the fifth round. All right. Any any other uh, final thoughts before we wrap up on the on the draft and move into? You want to do the mock next? Or you want to do the trades next? Let's do the let's do the mock since it it feeds into. Uh... All right. Done mocks. Let's do it. All right, cool. The people love mocks. The people do love mocks. I will give them that. I, I've done a lot of mocks in my day. Um, so, okay. Adam, you have, you have 101? Yeah. So, I guess we'll just do this. We're going to pick for the team. And then, like, I may give someone a player that I don't necessarily like or describe or whatever. We try to avoid because your podcast here has seven picks of the first round. <laughs> you literally have half the first round. We are dominating the first round in the coveted 2020 class. So, Fear us. Well done, us. And also respect our opinions. But would be worse than 2016. It's going to be great. (laughs) That was so funny when you're like, I don't know if I could take a Baltimore running back and Vikings. (laughs) That's (laughs) so funny. Um, But I have Tiz at the 101. I think it's pretty obvious. It's Clyde Edwards Alaire. We spoke about him earlier. His pass catching ability, his PPR upside. Tiz with Mahomes. We were texting briefly because he was asking about what I wanted 102, but I let him know, like, man, when you have – when I see that Breeze Kamara PPR just hit at the same time on the Yahoo feed, it's so nice get those double (laughs) points. 
And he's like, I told him, like, you're going to love having Mahomes throwing touchdowns to him because you just feed the double points. Why not get a piece of the, the Chiefs offense? Um, so I think it's a pretty slam dunk. Unless something, unless he gets hurt from here till July, I, I don't see Tiz not taking Mr. Clyde. Chad, pick two for Ed. I think you're two. Oh, I'm two. Cool. That works for me. Um, I mean, I, I, I have to take the guess here. I think the running back off the board has to be Jonathan Taylor. I think he has an elite, elite landing spot. Obviously, great profile. Profiles to be a legitimate bell cow, which there's not that many of anymore. And I think on the Colts with that offense, not to mention the Colts offensive line is like actually fantastic. So just a combination of that. Obviously, I love Cam Akers, but the line is just a horror show. So I think with the, they added a lot of offensive weapons across the board. Um, I think Paris Campbell maybe actually does anything this year. That would be cool. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's the pick it too. So he, he's your running back one, Chad, right? He is, yeah. And Eric, you kind of said that with hesitation. Do you like – do you not I, think Taylor is the second or even the first running back? I, I think he has to be because of immediate landing spot. But what's your – like you kind of are hesitating. I, I like Dobbins. I like Dobbins better. Oh, okay. 100% will take Dobbins over over Taylor, but, like, at, at two with the fact that you're still, like, trying to win now with Taylor's going to come in and play immediately where Dobbins may either split carries or just be played very slowly. Yeah, so but I think Taylor's the move. What if it was your team who's not trying to win now and you had two? I might take Dobbins there. Okay. Like I, I, I would have a tough decision, but I like Dobbins a lot. All right. Because you have some people thinking Clyde's the – and I'll, I'll, I was going to address this later, but like where the tiers are for you guys, where it kind of falls off, is it? Is you have like a top three tier, Eric? Is it top four, top two? I I throw Lamb and Judy still in that top tier. I don't. I so I would probably say five. Really? Oh, so you go C H Taylor, Dobbins. Lamb, Judy. I'm not ready to get either of those receivers out. I don't care if the landing spot's there. So you're kicking Swift out of the yeah, top tier? I, I, I keep Swift out of the top tier just because of the landing spot. I love his okay. talent. It's unbelievable. But I just – I don't know how long – as a running back, you hold up with a bad offensive line and a questionable offense. Like, I'm not saying they're, they're a questionable offense, but McVay does some questionable things sometimes. I understand. All right. Chad? All right, I got pick three, which is um, Tiz again. This is a hard pick because I feel like he, you can't, you can't go wrong, but there's three guys here that, that he could debate between, those being Dobbins, Swift, and then any of the wide receivers. I feel yeah. like it's kind of nice having the power to pick any, any wide receiver that you want in this entire draft. So with that said, I think since he got his running back one, I'm not sure what wide receiver he likes, but I'm going to give him Lamb at three. He'll go running back, wide out. Right. The number one in each position that he thinks might be there. Don't, don't disagree that as a possibility. I wouldn't do it, but I could see Tiz doing it. Agree, 100%. Um, so for me, so this kind of wraps up with Chad's pick too. I'm obviously going to give Chad J.K. Dobbins here. And for me, there's, I think, the top three are tier. I think Clyde, uh, Taylor, and Dobbins are kind of in that interchangeable where if, if anyone took them at any spot, I would. That's how I kind of I think of it as a tier, Eric, where it's like if any of those three were ranked or taken 
in that order, I'd be like, okay. I think if Lamb or Judy went one, you would say that's a, not a good pick. So I, I don't think I, – I mean, you could disagree with me, but I don't think that would be a good pick if you took Judy one. So I, I don't think he's in the same tier as these other running backs. I, I, I get your point. I still argue that you could take them one. I, I probably wouldn't, but I, you could. You could. I wouldn't be – like if Tiz was just like, hey, I'm taking Lamb or Judy. They're my guy. I see the upside. I would say it's a terrible pick. I don't know. I kind of get it. I mean, you're drafting based on talent. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's it's it's dynasty. It's not. Like, I, I love all of them. I'm not going to argue any. But if if Tiz just blind, if Tiz only had one, didn't have three. So like, if he didn't have anything to fall back on, it took Judy or Lamb. I'd be I'd be fine with it. So then, Ad, what do you do if if Tiz takes like Lamb one? Who do you go to? Um, I don't know. Either. Either Clyde yeah, or Taylor. I'm on the spot, but no, I know, I know. It'd be either Clyde or Taylor. I, I guess I'd still have Dobbins in that tier, but I kind of only have that because I just assume I'm not getting him. I mean, I'm not going to get Clyde, but I don't know. I mean, a lot could happen until July. If it was right now, I'd, I would take Clyde. Um, but come July, it could could change. But yeah, that would that would throw me off a little bit, I guess. But I I just don't. I think the tier for me is. Like, if he took Dobbins one, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be like, that's a bad pick if I disagree with Eric. If he took Judy or, or Lamb one. I yeah, I still, I still think, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's a bell cow running back, but there's just – the shelf life is a thing. And, like, Tiz, it, Tiz is a great team. He can win now. He has the luxury of waiting on someone. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need this one-on-one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't to win the title. Contribute. He doesn't. So, I, I, I wouldn't – like I said, I, I, it'd be tough. I'd probably go the running back, but if he did, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be shocked. All right. Now, Eric, you pick for Rob? I pick for Rob. Um, I mean, it, he's going to take a running back. Rob loves young running backs. That's his thing. Um, I'm probably going to lean that he takes Swift over Akers because I think he's concerned that Carrion might be dead. So I think he'd rather lock up both of them than have none of them. So my, my guess is Swift there if, if I had to choose. Yep. Yeah, I don't think him taking Akers would – no, make much sense. But okay. I mean, he. I mean, he also has carry on. So I mean, you could do either one. He has he has Henderson and he has carry on. So either one is just not ideal for him. But yeah. I still think he takes the running back. So I I, I would say Swift. Okay. Oh, so it's me. Um, who is pick six? Hitler. Um, he's gonna take a running back. Yeah, he ha- I mean, he's, he's going to. Not to, not, well, to steal the, not, not to steal the front from your pick, but... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it only really leaves Acres. Yeah. So, I'm going to give Itzler Acres. Now, speaking of Acres, not to keep, like, derailing the, the mock, but do you guys start to, like, when you know that a certain... Even if you don't dislike the player, that you know, like, three or four of these guys are just not going to be good. So, you start to just, like, pick one that will fail just because of the, the, the numbers part like you can't like not the everyone this first round is not going to pick all these running backs are not going to pan out so to me i'm fading acres because i just think he has the most likely chance to bust out of all these running backs uh, he was my fade too so i i go the other way just because i love it like I've, i'm irrationally high on acres because i love him so i get your i, I get it um but Judy, would you start to fade another running so then would you start fading split like or do you think like these four running backs are going to be top like you know 2007 2018 class like i think the other four are so good that acres is just in it's just the worst by default 
So that's why I go Akers. I agree. Yeah, I, I, do, I, I, don't, I don't fade him. I love him. I think, it's, but, I think he's too But good. you think Akers is better than the other four? Or better than one of the other four? I, I told you, he's, he's, my, he's my second favorite running back in the class. But even Doc. still, after the draft, and I know you said that pre, like a lot of people have that. Talent. I'm talent. Situation is different. You know what I mean? Like I'm not fading him because I'm still going to take talent over situation. That's always going to be. I'm, I'm always going to take the talent over the situation. That's probably why I still have. I don't blame him for taking Lamb or Judy one. So who's your who's your least favorite of the five? I mean, my least favorite of the five is Ceh. The best situation of the five is. Probably Taylor or CEH. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Now, I don't know. I don't know why Wire. I'll derail the mock a little bit further and then I'll I'll stop. So I keep offering Wire a trade. It's 11 (laughs) and 12 for seven and Mac. And I'm going to keep offering it to him every single day until the draft. What are your thoughts? I don't think think he, I don't think he, even if you left Mac out, would he do that? No, it's been denied. I've offered to him like six or seven times already. No, no, I'm saying like, would he even do eleven and twelve for seven? I don't know. I think Matt. I think he thinks Mac is dead, so it's like a throwing. Oh, I mean, I think he's dead, but I think I think Marlon Mack's a buy low. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, I don't know. So my pick was gonna be either Judy or Rager. I, so probably in the group chat, me and Wire have been the biggest fanboys of Rager. Out of anybody. That being said, I don't know if he likes him more than Judy. I just know he really likes Rager a lot, or if he's just bluffing for no reason, like pre even him having 107. So I don't think I don't think it's a bad bluff because like if you have someone like me with 11, 12, 13. No, no, like, he's been you, doing this. He's been doing this when you had two five. Like he's been pro Rager for. No, months. I'm I'm, ta- I'm talking about Judy. I'm talking about like go over the top for Judy. Like I thought, I thought that's what you meant. I thought he. No, no, I just don't know. Like I know he, I think he genuinely likes Rager. I just don't know if he likes him more than Judy. So for this is a tough pick. I don't know. I'll I'll give him Rager just because I think he's got a very underrated, not underrated, but he's got a great situation to possibly be the wide receiver one in Philly. Still around one, you know, wide receiver taken above the bulk. So I'll give him Jalen Rager here. Nice. I know you guys don't like him, but I'm looking past the drop rate, which I saw it in the tape. Like I, I even wrote it down. Like saw some drops. Oh, I, 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 I like Rager. I think he's so I, good. I never, I never declared. I, I do like Rager. I've liked Rager a lot. I just very polarizing. Yeah. I want to go back to that 11 and 12 trade. So I plugged it into DTC just for shits and giggles. Um, the 11 and 12 actually win. Nice. But they but they have Mac rated three point seven, which is like god awful. Wow. Wire, if you're listening. How close is it for tough. just leaving out Mac? Or even with Mac? It's twenty six point six on eleven and twelve and twenty two point two on Mac and seven. Is that a big I don't know if that's a big gap in this site? Um no, it's not huge. Okay. Nice. All right, so I'll uh it's checking your screenshot and send that to me and I'm gonna send it to Wire immediately. <laughs> Um. All right. Am I am I up for chat at eight? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, I think this is the shock of the century that Judy's there at eight. I'm gonna give Chad Judy at eight. It's just outrageous. It's a good pick. Great pick. Also, man. really, I really want to name my team Big Booty Judy. So. 
Uh, so you have to. Yeah. Oh, do you do you guys watch um, Brooklyn Nine Nine? Doug Judy. Not really. Uh, so D- Daryl from The Office plays this guy Doug Judy, and he's probably the, the best character on the show. It's amazing. So. That's awesome. You should watch it. It's a great show. All right, so I'm picking for pick nine. That's Ridge. Yep. Um, I'm gonna give him Justin Jefferson. Nice. Um, I personally love Jefferson, and uh, he's got a lot of available targets there in Minnesota um, with Adam Thielen on the other side. But I think Jefferson will play a lot in the slot. Um, so yeah, just I think Justin Jefferson is the no-brainer pick there at nine. Okay. Um. All right, I'll begrudgingly make this pick, and maybe I'll I'll, I'll kind of go into a little bit of a stat that I I personally like that others may not use, but I'm gonna give Ridge Henry Ruggs, nice. number one wide receiver, falling all the way down to ten. <laughs> Eventually, he has to get picked. I mean, even if I don't like him, but even at ten, I may take him. So this goes into two things. I again, I'm derailing this, but um, it goes to the point of a couple of these guys have to be bad. They're all not gonna pan out. And I wasn't like totally in love with Ruggs' tape. I don't think he does anything like poorly. I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't think this is like a John Ross situation where he just wasn't good at football or like <laughs> other wide receivers I don't like. Like he does he does everything well that he does. My biggest knock, and there's been Muller's wrote about it, is uh breakout age is a stat that I like to look at when I'm kind of like 50-50 on a guy. And I don't know well, if you guys like words. Hmm? Why do you hate Edwards? His I just think I, when I watched him, I thought he was just pathetic at press coverage. Like once he got jammed up, he just died. So that was a. I know he has like a seventeen point nine breakout age. Just like that's like twelve years old. He broke yeah. out in eighth. Chatter, I don't know if you're like. Well, doesn't matter if you're not familiar with it. But basically, it's like it figures out at what age you reach a certain uh, dominator on your team. So basically, when you started producing a bolt like a certain percentage of your team's uh, yards and touchdowns, and it tracks what age. And basically, it's like it does percentages of that because if you're a thousand yard receiver on a three thousand pad pass yard offense, is a lot different than an eight thousand pass yard offense. Like it was more yeah. impressive what you did for the three thousand. So basically, the the sentiment is if you're younger and you perform this, then you have a higher trajectory of being good in the pros because you proved that you could do it at a younger age before your body's fully matured, before you fully matured, and so on. So. This is kind of used to – I don't use it to predict success because there's tons of guys that have had really good breakout ages and do not do well. But if you look historically and result-wise, year to year and out of fantasy of guys that do not have a good breakout age, it's a very, very low percentage of guys pan out. And Ruggs didn't even qualify for a breakout age in Alabama. And – the argument can be made that he's playing with possibly four first round wide receivers, him being one of them with Smith, Judy, and I don't know if this is Wadley or Waddle. I don't want to say his last name, but Wadley. Waddle. Waddle. But it's just a stat that like if I'm kind of 50 50 on a guy and I look and he has a really poor breakout age, I start to fade him a little bit. Like Brandon Ayuk has a bad breakout age, Van Jefferson's. Like these guys just, they break out older in their senior years, junior years, and historically it just does not work out. And like, like, Kevin there is, there, <laughs> like Kevin White. <laughs> like Kevin White. Yeah, there's a ton of guys, like, especially in the first, second round, if you have a bad breakout age, you just don't do well. And there's there Tyree uh, Kale is one example who has, and Michael Thomas, for, like the main two, because obviously no stats 100%. But if you look like, if you take the results of the last year's, like, top 28 wide receivers or top 24 for the last few years, 
like 80%, 85% of them have had a good breakout age. So to me, it means, I get it. I get so it. to me, it means something. I mean, there's, there's, it's not everything because there's tons of guys that have had great breakout ages and bust, they bust. So it's not to say that if you have a good breakout age, you're destined for greatness. It's just more if you don't have one or you're, you have a very poor one, it, you have to, it's, you're on the very, very end of probability and you have to be one of a few people. And if Henry Ruggs turns out to be Michael Thomas and Tyreek Kill, then so be it. But I'm taking my chances that he's not going to be and putting my money on other players. So that's my Henry Ruggs rant. I've never like really typed it out in the chat, chat about breakout age and everything like that, but there's kind of the spiel of it. Um, so yeah, that's it. So that's why I'm fame him forever. Nice. And that's basically it. Yeah. Well, very I, informative. I think, we should be paid to do this. Yeah. I, I don't know how I stumbled upon that, but I, I, you know, I've looked into it more on my own and just, it was more of a – I read an article was more just, like, of receivers taken in the first and second round that had bad breakout ages. Like, they'll – like, besides Michael Thomas, it's, like, the amount of seasons they play, it was, like, three total seasons. Like, Kelvin Benjamin had one good season and then had four really bad – or, like, however many bad ones. Like, uh, Cordell Patterson, like, never had a good breakout season. Like, all these guys, like – and there's guys that are borderline. Like, I, I don't think Gallup was technically below 50%. He did well and – uh, Terry McLaurin never had a breakout age and did well, but then you guys, you got to see like more years to come. If Terry never does well again, then, you know, that statistic kind of holds true. And there's always going to be outliers, but I'm just taking my odds. I'm curious what Laquan Treadwells was. I think, I think his was really good. That's what I'm saying. I like, thought he broke out like sophomore year. I think, I think he was like a sophomore. That's what it, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't predict success. Even though if you did Laquan Treadwell's knee snapped in half. So, I mean, like, but like per percentages, like it does. So here's, so, okay. So how does breakout age predict success? If you break out at 18 year breakouts, you have a 38.5% chance of performing well, whatever this metric was. And if you're 23 years or older, it's only, or if you're 21 year old breakouts, it's 8.9%. So, I mean, 8.9 8.9 is crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, you can look at it like this, and it's, it, this one is defines a hit as top 24 points uh, PPR season. But I don't think, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put my money on being, like, well, I have a 30% chance of hitting on a good breakout guy. I'd rather look at, like, let me look at the guys I should avoid, and then here's the group I like, and then – or have the chance of succeeding, and then let me go from there and see who I really like out of that group. Because Laquan was, like – Oh, he did terrible. The combo. He was slow. Like he was like he was slow. But that was always like, he was always not good. You know what I mean? He was always just a big-bodied physical receiver. But we won't get too much into Treadwell. Um, Sorry, that was a long pick ten for Rugs, but no, I love that. And I think also Ridge. Like, there's a very strong chance Ridge could go Vaughn at ten. You think so? Yeah, I think if there's enough hype, because Ridge is going to be a hype guy closer to the draft. Ridge, like Ridge, blatantly doesn't know a lot of the players right now. You don't think Stringfellow here? I mean, it's a good, it's a good he re, guess. He re-enters but. himself. He might – I think he'll fall to me at 11. Um, and Laquan so, had a uh, 85th percent, percentile. He was he broke out at 19.2 years old, so it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so 10 to me uh, – I mean, I, I love T. Higgins. I'm going to get myself T. Higgins. Great Yeah. Call him the next uh, – he's going to be A.J. Green's replacement, basically. I mean that's that's a Dan, Daniel Jeremiah comped him to AJ Green. How how does an AJ Green comp go into the second round? <laughs> Explain that one to me. 
Because there's but, so many good wide receivers. I think he should have went uh, above Brandon Ayuk. I agree. I, I like Higgins better than Ayuk. I agree. I still think Ayuk is a first-round receiver. Well, speaking of, I have the next pick, 12, so I'm going to give you Ayuk. Nice. I'm very happy with that. Brandon Debo Samuel Ayuk. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Ayuk would have to be, like, a statistical anomaly to pan out per breakout age. So. I'm fine with that at 12. And, pl- and plus, 12 isn't the 100% hit rate. 13 is the 100% hit rate. So I take Ayuk at 12 and then the 100% guaranteed hit at 13. Well, Wait. the 100% pick at 13, I will give you A.J. Dillon. Thank you, thank you. At 13. <laughs> um, I think you'll take him here just because you don't know if Tiz will take him at 14. I'm not taking him at 15. So if you figure out whatever Tiz is going to do at 14, you know you'll get him because I am 100% not taking him. Yeah. So why not just take the, the lock of the century? Exactly. 100% hit rate, A.J. Dillon. And then I, I honestly think a lot of those receivers after that are in the same tier. I think Mims, Chenault, Edwards, Pittman, I, I, they're all the same to me. I agree. Like, I like Edwards a lot, but, like, if, I, if Tiz takes Edwards at 14 and then I'm left with Pittman or Chenault, like, I think that's the same. Like, they're all good. I'm fine with that. I think all those guys you just listed should go above A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon should sit on your face. I agree. I know Greg does. Greg would take – I think Greg is in your boat, Eric, of Dylan above all those Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the situation and the upside granted what the other ones can do. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I think Greg is doing. Like, I don't know. Uh, no. who, has, who has 14? The last you do. 14, yeah. Last have, pick for Tiz. Ooh, Tiz. Um, ooh, this is tough. So Tiz took what? He took a running back and a wide receiver. Tiz has some running backs. I'm, I'm going to assume Tiz goes wide receiver here. And uh, I'm just going to give him Chenault. I'm going to give him Chenault at 14. Really? Yeah. That's He's been, be- like, sliding down the ranks. He, like, he I, has- I mean, he had a dumpy – did he have a dumpy combine? He didn't do great at the combine. He didn't do he didn't great. He didn't do, as, he didn't do as fast as everyone else thought he was. He's, He's hurt. He was, mm-hmm. yeah. He ran a four five eight and seventeen reps on the bench. I was gonna say four six, so that makes sense. Yeah, it's not good, but yeah, yeah he's but been I think, just. I think it's a good landing. Trickling spot. down more and more, like these running backs, like the, the Mosses and Gibsons and uh, Bonds. So yeah. man, me at fifteen, do I just do I put my money on, on Mims or do I go? I, think I gotta, even with Crowder. But all right, should we? Uh, jump into just a few of the trades that were a highlight of the off season. Yeah, definitely. Work. You want to, you want to do like two each? Um, let's do one each. I think we're running late here. That'll I don't work. know if you guys have one teed up or not, or even like a bet. I mean, we already I'll, did the Omikasi bet, but I'll, I'll do, I'll do one that, that I liked for myself. I think, I think this was a good one. Um, well, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted to see. I no, no. To I'm laughing at the uh, bets thing. Like, why are Josh just bet a beer? It just says why are <laughs> the bet just says why are O's Josh a beer? It doesn't even like say what the bet is. <laughs> that's just the bet. Love that. It's like why are. <laughs> Let me look I guess it, are, I, it must have already happened because it just said sides sucks to be me and then wager a beer and then there's nothing else. I don't see anything else. <laughs> it's like, Josh might have just put that in there for fun. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> um. All right, so if, if we're looking at trades, I'm going to throw my trade with Rob. 
um, which I think is I think is a good deal for me right now. There's a lot of pieces in it. So it's Terry, Terry McLaurin, Darius Geis, and pick 27 for pick five. I think Jack, you put, time, the, put, put that into the calculator. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry. keep going. I'm assuming the calculator is going to have me win by a landslide, but it's also because two at the time pick five was a little bit more valued because we didn't know the landing spot. Yeah, but to you, that's the same tier as the other guys. So it, it is for me, but I'm talking about the calculator. I think I'll no, yeah, differently. It was Seven. Terry. Two oh what? Two thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, two thirteen. Four pick five. Uh, yeah, so Eric Eric wins this by kind of a landslide. 32.6 player side and 23.3. It's pick five. Does it does it change it if you make it like CD Lamb? ELF does that, which is weird to me. Yeah, it makes it so much that when you actually put the player, that's why sometimes I want the players I above think the pick. It does. Let me see. Uh, they have Lamb at 21.1. Oh, okay, so less. All right. It's interested, but that's just—it's just based on their rankings. If they had Ram Lamb like 103 rookie, then it'll probably be more. Yeah. Yeah, All right. yeah I, I'm very happy that I ended up doing that trade. I know everyone is giving me flack for trading the picks away, but I think it's long term. I think it's a good good trade for me. Obviously, you don't know if McLaurin's going to repeat his great first season, but I, th- I think he will. Um, Geis is a question mark. Pick 27. I already traded because I have addiction. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy with that deal. Yeah, at, at the beginning, I was just more – I understood the value was, was fair, if not unfair to Rob. My point was just you have a slippery slope of once you get rid of a first, then it's Damn. all the firsts. Correct. And then you have like – it's like, wow, look at Eric's roster. It's actually pretty decent. And then you trade away all the guys for 2021 picks, and then the yeah. cycle continues. I and think you're going to be very happy with that trade. I mean, I think – I love McLaurin alone. McLaurin for 105 might just be worth that. Yeah. Yeah, this one I do – I in hindsight, I do like because of the draft um, kind of hurting 105. And you didn't trade for, like, two-year window guys. Exactly. You got guys that are young. Um, one's relatively unproven. And if they remain healthy and remain relevant, you're going to have these guys for three to five years. So, you know, it's, it's – that's and that's better than – like Greg has pointed out in his blog, a coin flip at 105. And you don't exactly. even know who's going to fall to 105. You could be – I guess you would like Akers or, or Judy or whoever, but I'm, I'll take Terry and Geis over Akers or – who was five? Swift. 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 Probably, yeah, still there. So, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think, four, I think four, four to three would get a little now, but I, I think you sold at the perfect – my my tier that three or four, so good on you. Thank you, thank you. Um, you guys have any trades? Yeah. So to bring you down a little bit from your good trade, we'll go thank to you. your worst <laughs> trade of the off season. Thanks, man. Um, I mean, most of these are going to involve Eric because they're all involving Eric. So well, I was going to do the big. Well, since we're only doing one each, I was going to do the big Greg and it's our trade for one hundred two, but it was kind of like fair, and then it's our traded one hundred two for Tyreek. And it was, I mean, Greg traded that for Tyreek, and it was all this other stuff. So. Instead, I will go to the most controversial trade of the, of the offseason was yes, with yes. Ridge and Eric. Ridge spelled with one G in the chat. But um, So, Eric, can you click off of it because your name's blocking it? And, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. 
So Ridge trades Corey Davis, MVS, Rashard Higgins, just three flex, not even flex, flaws, just middle of the road receivers. Yes, yes. And a couple second, a second and a third for his own and Josh's 2021 first. That and Kojak's 2021 second. So Kojak is set up to be pretty bad this year. He is loaded up a 2021 class. That could be a top three second. You have Eric and Josh's 2021 first. So while Eric has an improved roster and Josh has a roster that made it to the playoffs last year, but people seem don't, don't seem to believe in, could easily be two top five first in the 2021 class, which is pretty loaded at the top yes. of the 2021 class. And even if these are six and eight, is still a horrible horrible yeah. trade for I, nobody I, 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 now that you've accumulated all these other players and three other i none of these three are better than the 13th overall pick that you will pick this year and you have more guys like none of these three should even will be starting for you unless you have injuries and buy and you gave two first for this group of misfits two good I, firsts uh, I, I will i will say at at the time the players that did not declare the, the players that deferred to the 2021 class. The class was looking weaker. No, you could, no, was. you could take Chuba, Etienne, and Dylan and Harris out of this, and this is still a really, really bad trade. Yeah, I'm, it is. It is what it is. I love Corey Davis. I wanted him on my team. Rich caught me in, at my worst with my addiction, and I, I've been better since. I think that's where I have to leave it. I've been very good since. I'm still typing this in the calculator, but buying me some time. There's a lot of moving parts here. Um. Yeah, I, I still I still love the Corey Davis upside. I At think. the top, like, what was the first deal that it got to this point? I, I like, wanted, was this just the quickest wanted, Ridge ever accepted a trade? No, no, no. This was over a little while because I wanted Corey. Uh, it was just going to be Corey for a first, and then Ridge was playing hardball, and then the addiction set in. It was a lot of back and forth. All right, kind of a tough scene, but <laughs> the uh, the player side with the rookie picks doesn't even equal ten. It's at nine point seven. <laughs> the two picks in the second is 34.8. Nice, nice. I honestly think if you would have offered just Josh's 2021 first, this would not be a good trade. Would you say that'd be mid? Josh and Eric's? At, at best, call no, mine, mine go. Er, mine would be early. And no, even if you – it could be – like I said, it could be six and eight, seven and eight, seven and nine. One of them can make the playoffs and lose first round. Even if I, it's one mid first without any other pieces – Thirteen point seven to the pick. Nine point seven players. <laughs> it could be it could be Josh's first with him making the playoffs, losing first round, and I would say no to this trade ten out of ten times. Yeah, but like like I said, all, all I could say is that so that was that was December twenty seventh. In in two thousand twenty, I have been very good. Twenty nineteen, washed the year away. New year, new me. I've been very good. It's hilarious how like at the time of the trade. It was like everyone was like throwing up, and it got worse as everyone stopped declaring for 2020. Like it somehow got worse correct, correct. as the months went on. That's actually impressive. It did get worse. Um, so good for you on the first trade. Thank Bad you. on you. On the second. On but like I said, New Year, New Me, 2020, and I've I've held that promise for over five months. So I'm very happy. Yeah, I mean, you have a team that can make a run for sure. Uh, Chad, uh, mine's, mine's between Ad and Rob. It's Demarco Murray for Wendell Smallwood, a 2018 fourth and a 2018 <laughs> third. <laughs> you're going like, like way back, right? This is like years ago. 
Yeah, I was scrolling through the train. Okay. It's always fun. Yeah. Matt Forte and a second for Golden Tate and a fourth. That was me. I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and Rogers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I'm going to steal it from you, Chad, because this will involve both of you, so it'll be fun. And this was – Nice, the Connor trade. Uh, uh, kind of a, a trade that the whole league the, – the worst kept secret of the, of the league – yeah, I was, I was going to end up with James Conner no matter what. It was, it was a trade of... between you two for James Conner. Um, so it was Eric, uh, Eric getting James Conner 16 and Greg's 2021 20, first for pick eight and 21. I guess either one of you can take their side and say why you wanted to do this. Are you still happy with the trade post-draft, et cetera? I want to talk I'm, about. I want to talk about the top, the talks first. The talks were like honestly like over two months. weeks. Like every, every day, nonstop, like trying to counter. <laughs> and eventually I gave up because like, I didn't think he was going to move it. And then we couldn't agree. And then he kept reaching out to me. And then we finally did it. But I'm still very happy with this trade. I, I like whoever I get at eight better than right now, obviously, better than Connor. I think Connor's time in, in Pittsburgh is, is almost over. I think he's made of wet paper. Um, they drafted a running back. So I think everything's working against Connor. They don't pay running backs. Um, but, you know, who knows? Like a pick like 16 could end up being better than pick eight. You know, that, that's, that's not uncommon. So there's a lot of risk reward. And I think that's the one thing we talked about, Eric, with this trade is the risk reward here. But I mean, I'm still happy with it. And I think it's fair. I, I 100% agree. I, I think it's very fair. I, I think the risk of moving from pick eight to pick 16 for a guy who currently at the current moment is an, R, is an RB1 on a team is 100% worth it. Plus, I was getting Greg's 2021 first. I know you got the second back. Um, I, I think the risk was worth it at that point. Um, obviously, Connor can just break down. He had cancer. That could come back. He could die. I don't know. But I love him. I think the upside is worth it. Um, even if he plays this season and then he goes away and becomes irrelevant, I think the upside there for the one season, plus I got to a pick 16, which is almost a first in this class, plus the second first, I think is worth it for eight and 21. No, I agree with that. I mean, there's a chance, like like uh, Chad said, 16 could end up being better than eight. I mean, there's a chance that you could take Connor away from this and Greg sucks this year and that pick is looked at way higher than whatever Chad got at eight. Yeah. Definitely. So there's a chance Connor could even be removed from this trade, and it could be – obviously that would make it look terrible now, but it could have been fair or one-sided, you know, come next year. Yep, but 100%. But I'm, I'm happy always, always the risk with the, the rookie picks. So. It was almost even in the calculator, too. It was 21.3 Connor side, 20.6 pick side. So. Dude, these talks were outrageous. But you have to be happy. I mean, I know the Steelers took a running back, but they didn't invest – Oh no, that's what that's a high what capital that, that's or why, like a bell Greg cow was, type guy. That's yeah. why Greg was going ballistic. He's like, they're going to take a running back. I'm like, that was that was okay. the risk part. Like they didn't take Dobbins. They didn't take Taylor. They had the they had that, the Taylor that rumors. That was it. That would have been devastating. But they took a guy who compliments him very well. So I'm, I think it's I think it's great because then there's less load on Connor and Connor can still catch the ball. It's not like Connor is just first and second going right up the middle. Like Connor can catch a pass on first down. Like he's good enough to do that. And the last year's kind of year you got to throw out the window for like for people that are souring on Juju a little bit and Connor, whoever else, like there's no big Ben there. And I know there's not going to be, there could no be no big Ben after this year. So that's still a factor in for dynasty, but let's see this year back. Big Ben's back. Let that all play out. So I think he's got a shot. All right. 
All right. So, I mean, that, that was awesome. Uh, episode 46. Did I get that right? Did I memorize it? 46. I will say, because I had it at the top and we haven't talked in my nine months, and that's only appropriate, I guess, for this person that we put at the very end of the episode. But congrats to Greg for winning the league. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Second, second time champion. I will, will also, too, the, the league, league enemy, Tiz. Congrats for coming in second. He had the long rebuild. We'll give him a shout out as well. It's fair. Title games. I started factoring that in. So as the year goes on, I posted a tier ranking. Unfortunately, two of the three people here make up the bottom three of those in our league history. But uh, I think I think like how people in March Madness look at Final Fours as like a, a thing of you know accomplishment. I think title games will start factoring in more and more as a thing of I don't know bragging rights or whatever as the years go on. It, it'll probably mean more. It's like I made it to a title game. It's kind of cool. One hundred percent. Is that getting your name on that trophy? Just gotta get the name on the trophy. Only three names. Only three names in five years. In five years. Hopefully, we're not social distancing in 2024 because that's what's going to be the biggest 10 year draft party. I mean, hopefully, we can have the draft in person this year. That too. I think we could just sneak in. Fucking we will see. Mass. That was fun. Probably next episode we can get even further because we didn't, there was nine months worth of league movements, you know. Diggs, Brady, everything like that. So we can kind of give our takes on that and give maybe give the people the power ranking. People love yes. those. Um, I was going to ask for a gut uh, first and last place, but maybe we could, we could just give the power rankings next episode and dive further into everyone's shitty rosters. I'm, I'm on board with that. Well, it, it was a pleasure and uh, an honorable episode. I'm happy we can finally get back into the groove. I hate that it took a global pandemic quarantine for us to be able to do this, but I'm happy we're able to do this. Um, great beards, great beards all around. Um, hopefully they're even better and more girthy next time we all speak. So we'll be next pleasure. week. Thank you to Greg for pushing us to get going. Yes. Thank you, Greg and Chad. Um, as always, you want to hit him with the social media. Uh, yeah. It's at elite dynasty pod. Also keep, keep putting out content. Whoever wants to write, write, send it in and, it automatically gets tweeted and posted by the Twitter. So yeah, I gotta link that to the Facebook again too, because I know uh, people aren't seeing it as much because it like deactivates off the Facebook for no reason, yeah. and you gotta like redo it. So yeah, so we've had two, we've had four blogs written and now a podcast. So the content's rolling. I think Josh is cooking up something. Maybe one of you two can write something. We haven't got something since the curious case of Martavius Bryant and <laughs> why Brashard Perriman's to buy now. So maybe you guys can, re- maybe you guys can redeem yourself. With Brashad, some- Brashad, <laughs> still, Brashad Perriman's still cooking. I, I, I hated Brashad Perriman. I just bought him because he was actually cheap. But he's still an, a, a, an actual player in the league. So could be worse. All right. It's been a pleasure, everyone. Have a great night. See ya. Peace.